G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. With all of the challenges that lie ahead of us in 2018, it's not a time for shaking at the knees or hiding in a corner. Somehow, rather, our Christian faith needs to be, like the Bible says, not under a bushel but on display for others to see. But somehow it's very easy, isn't it, to somehow either leave the work of being that light for others to shine. Well, let's talk through some of these sorts of issues today. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch is back with us. He's been writing about setting the bar high. And good to welcome you back to our first update for 2018. Hello, Bill. Welcome back. It's great to be back. Haven't seen you or heard from you since last year, so... (laughs) Very good to be back. Well, it's going to be another big year ahead. Mm. And while we often talk about very controversial issues in the context of what's coming with a major battle for freedoms in Australia, the idea that being a lukewarm, uh, mamby-pamby, uh, get-blown-around-by-every-wind type Christian might not cut it this year. Uh, there's going to be a little extra pressure on Bill. So as a Christian believer, how do you get a place where you can get a context for saying this is where I'm going to aim for this year. I'm going to be a stronger Christian than I was last year. Yes, well, it's something we all have to aspire to, uh, always wanting to be more Christ-like. So obviously the more we spend time in the Word and simply get to know God and Jesus better, hopefully that sets the bar higher. It gets us inspired, encouraged. But one uh, kind of practical way I've found throughout my life uh, to really help encourage me to not settle for second best, as you say, not settle for kind of ordinary, lukewarm Christianity, is simply to read some of the great stories of some of the great saints, the biographies and autobiographies of mighty men and women of God over the years, whether recent ones or from long ago, simply reading about them and the great things they did for God, their great dedication to God, and their, you know, what some of the spiritual secrets might be, prayer life, fasting, uh, committed obedience, all that really becomes quite inspiring, and you kind of, well, you kind of contrast uh, your own life with some of these great guys, and you think, boy, uh, I can do much better. I can, you know, stop playing games. I can get a bit more serious. I can be more self-sacrificing. I can think of others more. I can be more obedient, pray more. On and on it goes. Just reading about some of the great saints and what made them tick, I think that really can help us to aim much higher and hopefully get much closer to God and be a more effective witness for him. Well, Jesus, of course, the penultimate one 
whose image and whose story is most powerful. Uh, But then there are the stories of the apostles. You can read about those in the Bible. But when we start to translate, what does that look like in our modern day? Uh, We come to, as you say, these biographies. Uh, Oftentimes people telling their story. It's like telling their testimony, if it's an autobiography, or someone else telling their testimony of how they overcame and how they lived their lives. Uh, you've picked out a few of your favourite biographies. Uh, you've been reading one just recently about the life of Derek Prince. Uh, how important is it to recognise that there's a story there that we can look at and glean good things from? Yeah, so there's plenty of uh, stories we could read. Uh, no end, really, of some of the great men and women of God. Uh, again, those who've Perhaps some might even be alive today or passed away recently or those from long ago. Uh, Derek Prince, of course, is a well-known Bible teacher and Christian leader, and I think I actually heard him uh, maybe 30-odd years ago in uh, as a missionary in Holland, but for some reason I never actually uh, picked up a uh, biography. Of course, uh, there's various books or websites you can go to, but... Uh, he did pass away in, I think, 2003, and uh, I think about two years later, uh, a full-length biography was written about him, so a bit slow, but I finally grabbed it, <laughs> so better late than never, and read it the other night and wrote up a, a piece about it on this idea of setting the bar high, and that's exactly uh, what I came away with after reading it. I went to bed that night thinking, boy, oh boy. What a life, uh, you know, what were some of his secrets to his success in his ministry. And I think, boy, I've got a ways to go yet. I don't really compare, obviously, as you say, we, we measure ourselves with Christ uh, first and foremost. But there's a place for others. Even Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we can look at uh, a Derek Prince or a... Uh, Jim Elliott or a Spurgeon or, you know, just name your, there's so many to choose from. We can read about them, learn about them, and uh, hopefully get inspired, get encouraged, and to be honest, get a little bit dissatisfied with your own spiritual state. Uh, you know, say, gee, I, I, I can do better. I can, I can do more of everything, pray more, spend more time in God's Word, get more serious about my walk with Him. So that's all the value, I think, of reading some of these uh, stories of some of these great men and women of God. I note that his biographer, uh, the biographer of Derek Prince, characterizes him as a father, a statesman, a teacher, and leader. Sometimes when we think of reading the biography of a Bible teacher, that you can marginalize that of someone who is able to theologize about things. Mm. But when he writes this biography and focuses on father, statesman, teacher, leader, there's dimensions there that all of us can aspire to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, just take one very practical one. The first one you mentioned, simply father. Um, Interesting uh, life that he lived. Uh, He married a woman he met in Israel who was a bit older than him uh, by about almost 20 odd years. Uh, And between the two of them, they actually adopted eight uh, children from around the world. So they actually never had their own biological children, but they certainly loved and 
parented uh, at least these eight kids, and, uh, and, you know, we can read their stories as well. But uh, one interesting thing I found in this biography of Derek Prince, and this is true sometimes of others. In fact, I've just been reading a lot of uh, Churchill, and he had a similar situation, and that is his own father... uh, well, he never once, it seems, really told young Derek that he loved him. He never seemed to sit him on his lap, give him a cuddle, show him affection. And while the biographer says this may have been somewhat common at that point back then, still, to really have this really kind of dark, you know, lack of loving attention and affection from his own father, uh, yet, when we look at his life as a parent, as a father to at least these eight adopted children, it's quite a, a world of difference. So even there, you know, you can have three strikes against you in your background and the home you grow up in, and you know, you can easy to blame your circumstances. But God is in the change business; He's able to transform things. And uh, Derek Prince himself didn't get saved till he was about 25, but when he did, uh, God used him for almost 60 years of ministry, and uh, so despite that not-ideal upbringing and with a very aloof and unloving father, uh, he became a father to many, certainly spiritually speaking. When it comes to the idea of people returning to God, uh, you reflect on an element of the biography uh, talking about a conversation between Billy Graham and Winston Churchill. Mm. How does that work, Bill? Uh, because there's an interesting quote in there. Yeah, well, I uh, was surprised to learn this, actually. I mean, I, like I said, I've been uh, reading quite a bit about Churchill lately, some of the good uh, biographies about him, including one that looks at his spiritual connection. Um, so anyways, in this biography of Prince, he talks about how Billy Graham came to London 1954, had a big crusade there. Uh, Derek Prince threw himself uh, wholeheartedly into this, you know, making all the help he could do, make uh, make it uh, accessible for everyone to get there. So he was very keen to have uh, Graham there. I think it lasted like over three months. Uh, uh, I think two million people uh, came to the Crusades. Tens of thousands were saved. But the biographer says that Churchill actually, uh, well, either attended one of these meetings or at least was certainly aware of it, and then he had a private uh, get-together with the evangelist Billy Graham, and he basically said, we're all in pretty much bad shape, and unless we get around to the kind of things you're talking about and the hope that you provide, uh, Britain is, uh, you know, lost. And that was quite an amazing thing to hear from a great person like Churchill to see how impacted he was by Billy Graham and his crusade, which uh, Derek Prince did so much to help bring about in London. And so when times are getting tougher today, as we recognize the challenge to freedoms in 2018, uh, this, Bill, a time not to settle for the ordinary, uh, Mm -hmm. not to settle for mediocrity or lukewarm Christianity, uh, this is a time to be carefully contemplating 
just where the standard sits, just where the bar is raised to. Your encouragement is for believers uh, close to the beginning of this year uh, to look to raise the bar in each of their lives. Uh, How do you hope people will respond to a call to raise the bar? Well, of course, in one sense, every year for the last 2,000 years, we should have been uh, aiming, aiming high, aiming higher. But as you rightly say, with our uh, homosexual marriage bill passed just late last year, now a review of religious freedoms, uh, I I think certainly it's going to probably be getting much worse in the year to come. Things will be getting darker, harder, certainly more difficult for true Christians everywhere. So, uh, you know, if we have been settling for second best, for a kind of a mediocre Christianity, well, all my friends are, you know, seem to be uh, kind of lackadaisical in their Christian faith, so maybe I should be. Well, we really need to get out of that mindset. We need to uh, start reading some of these great biographies, get inspired, get challenged, get energized, and realize that, hey, uh, you know, the normal Christian life is more like what a, a Derek Prince or a Billy Graham or, a, you know, so many other great men and women of God. That's the normal Christian life, not the kind of uh, ho-hum, lackadaisical kind of life we see, sadly, amongst so many even in our own churches. So we really do owe it to the Lord to uh, set the bar high. And I think doing the uh, something as easy as reading a Christian biography, uh, that's the least we can do to challenge ourselves and others to be all we can be for Christ and the kingdom. Well, Bill, I look forward to these updates that we'll do each week as 2018 continues to unfold. I'll point people to this latest article that we're talking about called The Vital Importance of Setting the Bar High. And, uh, of course, your reference there, of course, to the life of Derek Prince, uh, but talking about the way that we ought to all not be settling for half-heartedness, for a compromised life, for immaturity and worldliness, uh, but to rise above that. I'll point people to your website, billmuhlenberg.com, or simply Google Culture Watch, and you'll be able to read the latest articles that Bill Muhlenberg has been writing. Bill, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us again today on 2020. Thanks again. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.